0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. And today's podcast is just with me, thinking about all these New Year's resolutions, New Year's change, all these opportunities to grow, to learn. And I'm thinking, yeah, we like to change ourselves, but even more, we love to change our kids. So today's title is change my child's behavior now. For those times when your child is driving you crazy, for those times when you've had enough, you're fed up, you want this behavior to stop right here, right now, and please, someone, give me that solution. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't have it for you. Um, Yes, you can go quickly into cease and desist. Yes, you can remove your child from the situation. Yes, you can physically try to stop your child from doing things that are dangerous or just generally inconvenient for you. But those aren't the real teaching, learning, growing moments in family life. As a matter of fact, those are the moments that Given that sort of response are going to add to your frustration, to your insanity, to you feeling so exhausted and wiped out every day. So deep breath. I know that there are lots of things that children do that you'd like them to stop, whether it's playing in their food, throwing food on the floor, fussing at bedtime, giving you um, attitude when it's time to get dressed and out of the house. I do try to address those one by one in lots of daily situations in the book, The Entitlement-Free Child. But, But I also want parents to know deeply in the entitlement-free child is that quick fixes won't work. Quick fixes are acts of desperation from parents, and they will escalate entitlement and provocative behavior on your children's part. Because when you have an emotional reaction to your child's behavior, it is unsettling your child And so they go into this emotional quicksand. And so the behaviors and bad choices and um, button pushing escalates because now they are out of sorts with you. So you've got two crazy chaotic emotions and people and situations feeding and fueling each other. So um, well, I wish I could make your children change the way they are and what they're doing when you dislike those choices. Um, The difference really is to find a way to teach, to find a way to connect with your child, to be on the same side as your child rather than that opposition that says, no, stop that, don't do that, Um, get control of yourself, calm down all of those things that we say that are least effective and get ourselves to a calm place where we can meet children exactly where they are and figure out how can I help you? How can I help you become and learn what I'm trying to teach you. Parents are still steering. We don't let the pigeons drive the bus, as the book goes, on a daily basis. I mean, you can drive play buses and toy buses, and you can children have can have power and voice in a lot of situations, but they don't get the keys to the bus because no matter how much the pigeons promise you they will be responsible and capable and um, mature, most of the time they aren't. So careful who you give the keys to. I'm sorry, Is that does everybody know the book, um, Mo Willems, Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus? Um, if not, go take a break and look at it now because um, that's what I'm trying to refer to is just that, that great children's fiction that... Um, captures the spirit of children pushing and testing and um, challenging parents for more responsibility than they might be ready for on any given day. So, how do we know what, what a child is ready to learn? I, I do believe that when someone said to me when we were doing, I think it was the Tantrums podcast, I didn't know I had to have a PhD to be a parent. I don't want you to feel like you have to have a degree in early childhood or psychology or neuroscience in order to understand your child. You really, truly know your children better than a teacher, better than anyone. Um, Sometimes it's great to have that outside perspective that goes, whoa, is this where you want your child to be taking you in this moment? But uh, in reality, if you have the time to get calm, to stand back, to be aware, you know um, what your child needs and most of the time what's going to work in any given situation versus what you wish would work or what other people want you to do. So, What I was thinking is, as we're talking about how do we get children to change, which really means learn and grow, Um, it's just that momentary change that says, um, I just wish you weren't little and immature and learning and having a flood of emotions and a flood of um, imaginative, creative alternatives to reality. (laughs) Um, But... We, you've heard me say it on podcasts before and in many other places. It's it's a Magda Gerber quote, and it is all we ever really teach is ourselves. So if we want children to learn and grow, we have to look at our skills and our abilities in different situations. So I really thought of three major areas where I would like you to consider how your skill set is going and what else and what other tools you would need in order to to develop those skills better for your child to be able to learn what they need to learn, whether they are six months, a toddler, a preschooler, or older. Um, So first, let's go with the social-emotional skills. That before we can ask our children to be calm and to make thoughtful, productive choices of how to behave or respond in a situation, we have to be able to start with a, a, with a bit of self-awareness and emotional literacy so that we can become the emotional coaches that we want to be for our children. So what does that mean? What are those social-emotional skills? What are What is that emotional intelligence? It means I'm aware of what I'm feeling, And I know how to self-manage that so that I can communicate well with others, um, make choices that reflect what are my best needs in this moment. Do I need to speak up or do I need to go count to 10? Do I need to make a phone call and be assertive with a complaint of some sort? Or do I need to um, wait till tomorrow to choose an action that will move me closer to my goals and desires? So what I want you to think about is which emotions can you manage well and which emotions are a struggle? Um, An excitement is easily as... um, disruptive as anger and frustration, especially if there's a lot of stimulation or if we as adults or our children don't know how to manage the amount of input and excitement around us and experiences so that sometimes you need calm spaces to balance out the busy and exciting times. So think about how you respond for anger, for excitement, for sadness, for confusion, for doubt, for guilt, um, for uncertainty. And then ask, am I the kind of role model that I'd like to be for my child? Can I name the feelings? Can I look at what my alternative expressions of those feelings are. Do I need to go punch a pillow? Do I need to stomp my feet? Do I need to draw a picture or scribble crazily on a piece of paper until I make a hole in that paper? How do I express feelings? And what do I want to accomplish um, in communicating those feelings to others? in order to change something that isn't going well or working well? Or how do I return myself to a calm, reasonable position so that I'm not in that fight-or-flight amygdala hijacking state of mind? So part of getting your child to change is going to be how much of the required change. What do they need in that situation? Is it something that is emotional, or is it something that is more behavioral or um, assistance, like tying a shoe or putting a shoe on? You know, is it a skill? Is it a practice? Is it something? Um, you know, do I do I need to, to to figure out how to engage myself during a long wait in a checkout line? Or um, am I managing an emotion after the fact? Some thinking and feeling are always the two sides of the coin of how we self-manage, self-regulate, and learn the skills that match who we are so that we can have more peaceful worlds and more successful days and, th- and even a toddler needs a successful day. I don't mean success like um, like in your career. I mean success in, you know, ah, it's the end of the day and I like the way this day went. So that was the first of the three, is when you think about changing your child's behavior, evaluating what your child needs, how much of it is emotional and, and so how and then what are the tools that will help your child regain calm, regain awareness, and find better ways to express emotions, whether it's frustration, excitement, anger, disappointment, uh, rejection, any of those things. So what are the strategies? Let's, Let's now start to think about a list of strategies that become part of your toolbox to my child's having an emotional breakdown, my child's going to have an emotional breakdown. What do they need? Do they need um, a calm hand on their shoulder. Do they need me to smile and give them that reassurance that says, "Okay, you're hesitant now. You're you're anticipating something that's making you anxious, but deep breath. We got this." Um, helping your child know how to connect, getting their feet back on the ground, their their shoulders relaxed, and maybe even relaxing those facial muscles. So what are the ways that you will help them with emotions? Um, It could be about naming the emotion. Again, so often with toddlers and young preschoolers, all I have to do is look and say, what's happening? What do you need? And even if they can't express it, they will look at me like, hmm, something, I need something. And once you have that interruption into the escalation, then you have a space to be able to put in some sort of response. And when in doubt, try anything. Because going from choice to choice, option to option, is also helping your children learn those problem-solving skills that they need in order to self-manage in the future. So by trying to evaluate what's needed in this moment, um, what skills do I have to share and teach my child, what skills can I learn with my child, Okay, so you've got the emotional, and now let's look at the cognitive. Kids aren't really great at evaluating reality. (laughs) They live in a magical, magical world, and it is a very um, me-my-now world because they haven't learned that if I take a deep breath or I wait... um, till mom finishes something that she's doing or till dad gets home for us to go somewhere, that it'll really happen. They don't understand time. So in all of those cognitive breakdowns where your child is like, but I want it, but I want it, but I want it, or I don't understand that if I throw my food on the floor now that I can't just um, keep, well that I can't, that my bad choices aren't going to work out for me an hour or two from now. That if I say I don't want it, so you have to create these safety nets that become cognitive reassurances that I can hold time, the sequence, the consequences. So that might mean, all right, you're struggling with your mealtime now. Let's put this away for a little bit. We can try later. Or you're not hungry. We'll, 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 we'll eat again when you're hungry. There's, there's just so many ways for your child to learn self-awareness with what's going on in any given situation so that they can then participate in the problem-solving and then coming up with constructive routines and, you know, I always say, the bumpers in the bowling alley that keep them moving forward because cognitively, and it's true emotionally too, routines are the best teachers because the more things happen the same, then your child gets to feel power and control and predictability and also that cognitive reassurance that this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and it makes their world tremendously more manageable just because you've created predictability to their routine. And predictability is absolutely that cognitive skill that a child can say, I know this is coming, now I can relax into trust, um, knowing that my needs are going to be met even though I'm panicky that they're not being met right now. Um, So work on connecting the dots between actions, choices, and outcomes and helping your child know, you know, if you, let's say a little bit older child, um, in their twos. Two-and-a-half, I kind of think, is always that window where they they, they have that little bit more self-awareness, self-reflection. Um, not as much as a four-and-a-half-year-old, but four-and-a-half-year-olds have other power struggles. But where they can understand, if you hurt your friends, we can't stay and play. Or where, where you can really give, their chi- give your child um, the information that says, this is the way I um, need you to act, want you to act, expect you to act in certain situations. This is how we act on play dates. If that's not working, we can leave a play date or try it again another day. I don't want shame and uh, blame. I don't need any negative, um, punitive. Uh, consequences. I don't want punishment. I don't want withdrawal of affection, or, um, or, or a child feeling bad for choices. I want from you, I want them to just know, hmm, this didn't go the way I wanted it to go. There's a better way to do this. We can try again another time. But letting them know that in different situations, there are different sets of expectations. In libraries at story time, sometimes those storytellers like children to sit a little more quietly than if you're doing a story on a playground or with a very dramatic um, teacher who who is engaging the children in loud interactions uh, again helping your children read situations read moments and knowing that different situations require something different of me and that's that's even great with young toddlers that the rules at grandma's house are different than the rules at mommy's house and the rules at this friend's house are different than the rules at our house children understand and remember, children have that huge power of reading right brains. Children have a sixth sense, absolutely, of what others expect of them if we are calm and supportive and nurturing in how we cultivate that response from the child to meet us in a respectful where, us, where we're meeting them in a respectful place, but where we are really helping them feel safe, confident, comfortable, and successful in their choices. So in terms of the cognitive, um, letting your children know that you know, we, I can help you learn new skills. I can help you with frustration. I can help you walking into an unfamiliar setting where you're hesitant because um, I'm here with all kinds of abilities um, that, that can assist you. So helping children read a situation, figure out what they need to be successful and to go forward. And then the last one, um, so again, I want you to think about your problem-solving ability. And think of that, too, just as a pure scientific hypothesis. You know, will this work? We're struggling right now. We're struggling in a car seat. We're struggling at a playground. We're struggling in a restaurant. We need to find a better way. And, And letting children know... Um, it's not an option to leave, or it is an option to leave, um, but but with really without that heavy-handed authoritarian um, dictator ruling, do this or else. Uh, but in a way, like I see you need my help, and and I'm here to to help figure this out. And if you need to fall apart. I can give you a safe place to fall apart so then you can regroup and start again. Um, And then the other thing I was thinking about, so I want you to have three uh, areas of your own ability to manage situations that emotional skills the emotional intelligence the cognitive problem solving awareness evaluation how did this work let's try again and let's go through the problem solving mistake making um, options that we have last i want you to use your sense of humor if it feels too serious let your child know you need to take a minute um, because you want to go back to being happy mom, helpful mom, or help happy mom, helpful dad. Um, so that so that, that you know, you know what? I'm losing my smiles. Let me let me go back and find my smile, and then I can help you find yours, or I can help us get back to being the happy, loving family that we want to be. Um, humor is also just that interruption. Again, think so much of misbehavior, m- Choices that your child makes that drives you crazy, or button pushing behaviors, uh, attention getting behaviors. So much of that is just panic and escalation. And if you can just say, "Look, let's connect first, and then we'll find our way through it together," then they can settle back into um, that that easy space. Um, Children want to please you. They want to be connected to you and with you and in the moment. Um, So try to avoid that shame, that withdrawal of affection. Yes, you will guide and teach. Yes, you will let your child know that, no, I can't let you do that. That's not going to have a good outcome, or that's not safe, or, you know, we don't have time for that right now, and I promise you we'll have time for that later or tomorrow. Um, But... What what they need, what they want to feel more than anything else is success. Success that I am a capable, masterful, deeply loved child um, and person. As you do, as you do, that you want to feel like, boy, no matter how frustrating this parenting thing gets, I want to feel like there's a safety net that will catch me, that will put me back together from the Humpty Dumpty that's fallen off the wall and know that you really can be the best role model for your child, but not a fake one. But it's going to be that imperfect, um, human, emotional, vulnerable learning and figuring it out together parent um, try to pick out those routines that support you and schedules that aren't overwhelming to you and or your child and when you feel like you've got that panic I've got to change my child now <sighs> take a deep breath as you as I'd want you to do with you, wanting to change who you are um, overnight or immediately. And I want you to respond if you can with kindness, with gentleness, and with patience because learning takes time, relationships take time, self-care takes time, and teaching your child that they have a partner who will help them solve any problem that comes up, whether it's a a baby problem of not liking the texture of something or um, needing um, a nap or whatever it might be. From babies to teenagers, they need that connection and they need us to not want to change them um, out from under them. I think that's the secret. We're all happy to change, maybe. <laughs> but it's, it, I think it's better if we change with grace and support rather than with um, anxiety and impatience. So I wish you a calm, peaceful, um, great new year and a year when um, we, we, we teach who we are and find a way to love our children exactly as they show up on any given day so that they know that they are loved and, and that there is someone there to help and support them even when they're sad, angry, confused, uncertain, lack the skills, Lack the ability when they're feeling most impatient. Um, we can be there to remind them that um, that good things are there waiting for them tomorrow. Have a great week. I won't be podcasting next week. We'll take that week off, and then I will be back um, with a podcast on the twenty first um, with the author from B Books who is going to be talking with us about kindness and compassion and children um, really internalizing values of acceptance and love so see you in two weeks and thank you again for listening happy new year bye-bye so that's the mess for today we appreciate you listening to see me hear me love me seeing little people learn and grow listening to parents taking a crazy uncertain journey loving the fun and loving the mistakes you write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, 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 one more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Dearwester And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at @FamilyTimeInc Family Time Inc. And Instagram at Karen underscore Time. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.